Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Rafaela and today, oh my god, I'm so excited. I've got with me my best friend. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Sydney. Happy to be here. So happy to have you. It's been a long time coming. Yes. And we were just trying to figure out, hmm, what could we talk about? And I think what we decided on is the perfect subject for this podcast. Yes, so Sid is my first friend to have had a baby and to get pregnant. And you know when you have a first friend who goes through that experience, it's always really meaningful. I mean, you're the first one in first of your, in many of your friend groups, right? Yeah, I was also the first person in my friend group to get pregnant. <laughs> Um, which, yeah, I feel like a lot of my friends, you included, have told me, like, wow, I'm so excited because you're going to be able to tell me everything when I have a kid. But for me, I didn't have that. <laughs> so I was the one figuring out a lot of stuff for the first time. Exactly. So now I'm like, I'm just going to have so much more knowledge than I had before. And oh my God. Okay. Um, before anything, I remember, I was just remember, just crossed my mind when you told me you were pregnant. Yeah. Can you share a little bit of that story? Yes. So, Raph was one of the only people that even knew that I was, like, off the pill and thinking about it. I didn't tell that many people because I didn't want, like, pressure or whatever. Um... And this was when I found out I was pregnant. It was in the middle of COVID-19 lockdown. March 2020. Yes, March 2020. Those were dark days. Um, so yeah, here in Barcelona, we were not able to leave our house basically at all for two months. And this was right at the end. Um, and we were allowed to go out, but it was something sketchy. It was like, you can go out, but you can't meet anyone and whatever. But me and Raf had this secret plan where we were going to go both walk our dogs in the, the park at the same time <laughs> so we could see each other. And I was dying. I hadn't really told anyone other than my parents. And I was dying to tell someone. And I just blurted it out like as soon as I saw her arriving in the park with our dogs. And she was freaking out. And she was like, somehow I knew you were going to tell me that. Like, I literally screamed. I was like, ah! like this huge scream in the park. And I was so excited for you. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe that that was only what, like two years ago it's crazy how time has passed literally it's gone by so fast and you have the cutest baby but i want to track back a little bit and i always like to start off with a little bit of a background story of who you are your upbringing where you grew up so if we could start there if you could tell us a little bit of where you're from and how is your life Yes, of course. So I'm Canadian. I'm from North Vancouver. Uh, grew up there, went to university in Montreal, also lived there for a while. And I ended up falling in love with a Spanish man who eventually convinced me to move to Barcelona um, five years ago. So ever since then, I've been living in Barcelona, loving life. And yeah, I've been working as a freelancer in copywriting and editing. Um, so yeah, that's basically me and me and my husband. Actually, since we met, my husband was down for kids. <laughs> 
And I was always like, okay, like, we will, but let's, you know, we'll wait, enjoy our relationship, whatever. And we got married, et cetera, et cetera. Fast forward, um, before the pandemic started, I said, okay, I think I'm ready. Thinking it would take a while. I thought it would take a while to get pregnant because you never know. Mm-hmm. I'd never tried to get pregnant before. And lo and behold, it happened right away. In fact, How long did it take? It After took like a month, like less than a month. Oh yeah, like God. the next, yeah, the next period I was going to get, I didn't get. Um, and I thought, yeah, I thought it would take way longer. And ironically, this is like a funny tidbit. Um, because COVID was starting and everything was super scary at that time. And I had been off the pill for a few weeks. I remember telling my husband, like, do you think I should go back on the pill? Because this <laughs> seems like a really... scary time to get pregnant and he was like no it's probably fine because that's his attitude towards everything and little did I know I think I was already pregnant when I said that because just like a couple weeks later I found out so yeah crazy that was so fast and the thing is that a lot of people have the opposite experience they get off birth control and they cannot get pregnant for years you know Mm -hmm. so I think it was a good thing that you I mean it was a blessing obviously in many ways but yeah yeah, I mean, I think that was my fear because you hear so much about, like, I have always wanted kids and I feel like I've heard so many people have difficulty getting pregnant or even if they eventually do get pregnant, but they're like, oh, it took way longer than I mm-hmm. thought or, you know, it took years. And so that was a part of it. I was like, we should start now because who knows how long it's going to take. Yeah. And then the universe was like, just kidding. <laughs> it's going to happen right away for you. And I was like, okay. Oh, my <laughs> so, God. Yeah. It's been so amazing to watch you become a mother. I feel like I had a lot of fear. And since I've watched you do it like with so much grace and so beautifully, I'm like, oh, I think I'm ready for a child. Just kidding. <laughs> Hillmark, don't listen to this. <laughs> like, Hillmark's like, stop get- doing this podcast yeah. with me right now. He's like, don't get any ideas. <laughs> no, but really... I, I don't know, just watching you has given me hope that I'm also going to have a beautiful experience because, yeah, I don't know, it's just it's just a scary thing to do because it, when it's your first child, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then obviously you learn as you go and I'm kind of learning as you're going. So it's, it's actually really nice for me. So thank you, Sydney. But I wanted to, you know, just... You mentioned that you've always wanted to have children. Has that always been the case for you? Um, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say it always because I feel like I went through some random years where I was just not sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like in my freedom early 20s time, I was like, maybe not. Um, But I don't know. I think I've just, I had a great upbringing. Like I'm super grateful for my parents and I feel like I had a very positive association with my family and everything I've experienced. And I don't know, I'm a cancer, like I'm very maternal. A lot of my mm. friends will tell you that I'm the mom friend. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, like the one who's like responsible and is telling you like, don't do that, do this, taking care of people. So I've always had that side to me. Um, also with animals, I love animals and I've always loved taking care of animals. So this kind of like maternal aspect was also always in me. And 
Yeah, I think ever since I met my husband, I could just picture it from the beginning. Like, I was so sure that I wanted that family life with him. And even, you know, as our relationship grew stronger, that was one of the things that attracted me to him the most was like, I could totally imagine this man being such an amazing dad. He is someone I would want to be like a role model for my kids, which is a crazy thing to feel. It's really hard mm-hmm. to find that, I think. Um, so yeah, I just got more and more confident about that and I always joke to my friends because like you said having a kid is a huge transition and I'm not going to pretend it's not but so many of my friends ask me that asking oh was it such a crazy transition did your life totally flip upside down and a part of me thought no because I feel like I already had a very family life without having a kid because we were already married lived together had our dog a lot of our friends had kids mm-hmm. so my husband's friends not my friends um so yeah it just felt like a very natural progression yeah it and I think you know just watching it unfold it completely has been and as I was saying how it's so scary and so much can change I've seen it happen differently for you because it's something that's added to your life, but it hasn't really taken away from anything else that you were already doing it. If anything, it just brought more to who you are and added, you know, just another dimension to yourself, but it hasn't become the whole of who you are. And I think this happens sometimes where, you know, I've, seen it happen before where somebody becomes a mother and their whole identity becomes about being a mother but I feel like with you you've been able to become a mother but also maintain you know your friendships you know your relationships with your family with your husband you guys are always going on date nights and for me just watching it I'm just like whoa major goals absolutely <laughs> try. major goals and you know and I think that's honestly the reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast because nobody I mean <laughs> nobody has done it better than you <laughs> but you're like, in the world <laughs> <laughs> just I mean, kidding just kidding only, people have people, people have. have I know but I've only seen you but I'm seeing like this like amazing example it's just so amazing to watch Okay, now I wanted to, you know, really dive deep into the pregnancy. So how was your pregnancy, you know, the first three months? And then after that, can you speak a little bit about that experience? Yes. So overall, I would say my pregnancy was good. Um, But yeah, it's definitely a mindfuck. (laughs) I feel like you go through so many different phases, even within your pregnancy. Looking back, I'm like, oh my God, I don't even... I can't even imagine going through all that again because it's just so much at the same time. Um, At the beginning, I feel like we were so happy, obviously, once we got over the initial shock of, okay, I'm pregnant, it's COVID, what do we do? We were so happy. It was a little bit surreal because obviously at the beginning, you don't look pregnant. Mm -hmm. So, at least for me, I almost couldn't believe that I had a baby growing inside me because I was like, I look the same. I felt kind of sick, but like more or less was okay. So, I remember after I had the first ultrasound that I was able to go to, uh, which was right around three months, and just seeing the ultrasound and the heartbeat and everything was a crazy moment. And I was just like, wow, this isn't going down. Like, (laughs) this is not a joke. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I feel like something women worry a lot about is how they're going to feel with their body changing, mm. with gaining weight, getting a huge belly, uh, all of that. I had my own struggles with it. And that's what I mean. Looking back, I feel like I was so extreme in both ways. Like some days as I started getting a bigger belly, gaining more weight, I felt like amazing. Like I was like, Mm. oh my God, I love my body. Like it's so powerful. And I just love the way it looked. And you know, you can like wear cute outfits. Sometimes you're like, oh, this is a cute pregnancy outfit. Mm. But then other days I was like, oh my God, I look horrible. I'm a blob. I feel like disgusting, you know? So you have like these crazy polarities within the pregnancy. And I remember talking to my husband and I was like super hormonal that day. I was like crying. And I was like, can you even imagine what it would be like if all of a sudden none of your suits fit you? You couldn't wear anything. And he was like, uh, no, I can't really imagine that. I was like, you don't understand. But it was just so crazy because you go from, you know, you just look in your closet and you're like, wow, nothing I have fits me at a certain point in your pregnancy, which is like hard to get your mind around at first. Um... But yeah, other than that, I felt quite good. I was lucky. I didn't have any um, really bad symptoms or health problems. Um, the baby, my son, was really healthy the whole time. And I yeah, I definitely had some intensive hormonal months. Yes, um, I remember Yeah, <laughs> towards the middle to end uh, was not a good moment for me. Like a lot of people, I feel like no matter who you are, everyone has a different experience, but Mm -hmm. someone's going to feel anxious or everyone's going to feel anxious at some point in their pregnancy because you're worried about, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't know how to do any, I didn't know how to do anything with a baby. So I was like, how am I going to do all these things? You know, my husband seeing these hormones and these emotions he's never seen before in his life. Um, So all of that was a learning experience. But by the end of the pregnancy, I was pretty... Fine. Like, I was ready. I remember talking to you about it, and a lot of people would ask me, like, are you scared? Are you stressed? And I think by the end, I was just at peace. I wanted to give birth, and I was like, okay, everything's cool. But yeah, it was a little bit of a journey (laughs) to get to that point. Did he come earlier than scheduled or after? Yeah, so um, my son, Dominic, was actually supposed to be born on Christmas Day. day. That was the the 25th. 25th. They gave me that due date, which was interesting because obviously our Christmas plans, I was like, who knows, I might be in the hospital. But I did always kind of have this feeling he was going to come earlier. My belly was huge. It was crazy by the end, and I was convinced he would come sooner, but I was also kind of thinking, who knows, I'm a first-time mom, and I feel like I'm super (laughs) paranoid, and who knows, it'll probably be, a lot of people will tell you that your first baby will come late, so I was thinking, maybe I won't even have a baby till uh, 2021, you know, (laughs) who knows, but yeah, Dominic had other plans, Um, he arrived two weeks early in the end, which was a big surprise. Um, In fact, that night I was out for dinner with a friend, like a totally normal day. I was staying up late working, which I used to do all the time, went to bed at midnight or 1am. And then I woke up at four and I had horrible, horrible pain, which I now know was contractions. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and I was like, I can't be giving birth right now. Like, no. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> that was the ironic thing. Towards the end, I w- you get so uncomfortable at the end of your pregnancy every day. I was like, I want to give birth. I want him to come. I want him to come early. And then the moment that he was coming early, all I could think was, oh my god, no, not right right now, you know? (laughs) But anyway, yeah, that was a a funny, wasn't that funny at the time, but funny in retrospect, because I woke up my husband at 4am, and I was like, Ali, I think I'm giving birth, I think I'm going into labor. And he was so sure also that I was being paranoid and he was half asleep saying, Sid, no, it's fine, you know? Um, but I was right. <laughs> and yeah, Dominic was born super fast. Um, another thing I was worried about was having a super long labor, which everyone mm-hmm. talks about. But Dominic came from the time I woke up to when I gave birth. It was like four hours. It was really, really soon. Um, so yeah. Can we not forget about the fact that on that day we had a photo shoot planned? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, because Raph had the white shirt that she launch. was promoting, a launch, yeah. And I already had one because, you know, I always get the pre-launch benefits of yes. being a best friend. And she had this idea, which would have been a really cool idea. Maybe oh we God. need to save it for a future pregnancy. But we were supposed to do, like, a photo shoot with the oversized white shirt and the belly, and it was going to be so cute. Oh my god, it was going to be too cute with jeans, like, probably open. Yeah. We'd have made something look so cute. R.I.P. that photo shoot. (laughs) Because, yeah, rap was supposed to come. I went into labor Thursday night, in the middle of the night, and I think you were supposed to come over Friday Friday, morning. And... She had texted me Friday morning. I never replied, never read it, never anything. And, and I literally had a feeling. I had a feeling that you had given birth or you were in the process of it because usually you answer right away, obviously, you know. But then you did it, and then I was like, oh my god, I think, you know, I think she might have given birth. And then when you messaged me, plot twist, look what I've got, like with Dominic on your arms. I was like, Yeah, that took everyone by surprise, Um, but I'm so happy that he came early because I was so uncomfortable at the end, and I've talked to lots of other moms that said, oh, you know, my baby came at 41 weeks, 42 weeks, like one or two weeks late, and at the end of your pregnancy, I feel like every day additionally is a struggle, so that was nice of Dominic to come early. And it was also super nice that your parents arrived in Barcelona on that day. Yes. Yes. So that's another crazy story. This pregnancy and birth was full of plot twists. Um, But yeah, so this again was sort of in the midst of COVID. It was a little bit better, but there were still lots of restrictions. Um, My parents were planning to come for the birth. And we were uncertain if they could come or if it would be too complicated. But my mom, who's like a super mom, shout out to my mom. She's going to be listening, Beth. You know, we love you. Yes. Um, She was so determined to come. She was like, I am coming unless someone turns me away at the border. I am coming. Um, So I was like, thanks, mom. Because at that time, I've never felt so I want my mom in my life, but I really, really wanted her to come, but I didn't want to make her feel bad if she couldn't. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so 
they were planning to come two weeks early before the due date because they were thinking, oh, we'll come early. We can help you set up the house. But in reality, they ended up arriving basically the day Dominic was born. And it was another crazy story because I think they arrived Thursday night. Mm -hmm. And then we said, okay, like they just flew from Canada. They were tired. So we said, okay, on Friday, we're going to meet. Um, and then little did they know that night I went into labor, had Dominic, was in the hospital. Um, and I remember talking to my husband. I was like, don't tell my mom that I'm in labor until Dominic is born and everything is fine because she's going to start freaking out. Um, anyway, so as soon as, you know, I'm literally in the delivery room with Dominic and Ali's taking like the first photo of me and Dominic. He sends it to my parents. Oh my god. Um, which I think my parents still have that text message. What does it say? It was like, congratulations, abuelo, surprise, or something <laughs> like that. And they were freaking out. They were like, is this a joke? <laughs> and Ali said, no, I would not joke about this. Uh, of course not. Um, but yeah, so that was a super happy coincidence that they ended up arriving literally on the day of his birth that's so amazing and then how long were you at the hospital after he was born uh i was at the hospital for two nights again at that time with covid we weren't allowed to see anyone like me and my husband were both in the hospital with dominic you know usually people come in and visit you and whatever but because of covid no one was allowed in Um, but honestly, it was super nice because we just had those like two days of like, so emotional, like connecting for the first time with Dominic. It was so surreal. We were so happy. Oh my God. Um, and yeah, so it was kind of a nice surprise because I gave birth in the public hospital, which was great, but I kind of expected them to be like more fast. Like, okay, you gave birth. Okay. You have to go now. Yeah. Um, but no, they weren't. I stayed for two nights. They took great care of us, yeah. And, yeah. And then, I don't know how long after I met you, but I remember when I met you and I saw Dominic, how tiny he was. I was like, oh my god, this baby is so small. It was, I think it, it was the first time that I had seen such a baby. I think maybe he was one week older or something. Yeah. Oh my god, he was so cute. I was melting inside. Yeah, I think it, you met him. We met quickly within mm. the first week. Yeah. And I remember at that time I had that like sling, baby sling, mm-hmm. and I was always had him on me because he loved it there. And he was just so tiny and so precious. Tiny. And he wasn't even a small baby, really. So I can't even imagine smaller babies. And now he's massive. So the difference a year makes is insane. But yeah, I remember you were, you couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I literally couldn't believe it. I was just looking. And then we changed his diaper. And I was like, oh my God, like freaking out even more. Because then I got to see, you know, like him laying down. And then I was just like, this is wild you just created this inside of you i still can't believe that and i don't think that's something i'm ever gonna get over like i look at him and i cannot believe i birthed him and created him 
from nothing. No, I can't believe it. I was there. I experienced the birth, you know, it wasn't super enjoyable. I saw it happen and I still look at him like, wow. Yes. He's honestly the cutest. It's unbelievable. He's so freaking cute. It's just like, oh, I just want to like hug you and like, oh my God, he's just so sweet. Yeah, I obviously agree, even though, you know, of course, all moms feel that way about their kids, but I think it's objectively true. That's what I would always say to my husband. I was like, I know all moms say their baby is the cutest one, but I think our baby is objectively very cute. I would have to agree. From my perspective, it truly is. Yeah. He's gorgeous. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you feel like you've had a new way of understanding love since you gave birth to Dominic. You know what I mean? Like, is it something that you've never felt before or something that you never even imagined it was possible to feel this way about? Yes, for sure. I think most, if not all moms will tell you that as soon as you have a baby, you you change somehow and yeah it's like a love that you either have never experienced or it's just a new kind or something like that but I remember even when I was pregnant one of the anxieties I had was worrying about connecting with my baby because I had heard some people say you know don't worry if you don't feel this instant bond or this instant connection and you're going to be really tired and hormonal and it might take a bit of time. So I had thought about that um, and worried about that. But I didn't, in the end, have to worry about that because, yeah, as soon as I saw him, it was like the most um, wild feeling almost I've ever experienced. It was just so primal, like Mm. my baby, you know, like... woman or something but you're just yeah you're in awe and you know unconditional love is something that you experience with lots of different people in your family in your life but it's true that it just becomes your number one priority Mm -hmm. um you know we're lucky because we have a lot of support in our life taking care of Dominic but at the end of the day, if Dominic needs something, literally my mind just goes like, okay, Dominic needs this. Everything else is like, boop, you know? Um, So yeah, it definitely just adds something, I think, to your heart that it's hard to describe for sure. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) One day I will know what it feels like. (laughs) It just, it's a crazy feeling to go from being worried about what kind of connection am I going to have? How am I going to feel? Is it going to come natural? This kind of anxiety Mm -hmm. to all of a sudden you're just like encompassed with love and all of that anxiety goes away and you're just like, this is everything. Nothing else matters, you know? Um, Yeah, so I'm super grateful that I have that. Yeah, Yeah, I, I remember talking to you, you know, about... Um, what is it called? Postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling you, I'm going to have it for sure. I know, you know, I've read so much about it and I just know I'm going to have it. And then you're like, oh, okay. You know, and you didn't have it at all, right? No. And that was another anxiety I had 
Um, which again, it's something that's totally normal and lots of people go through it and they get through it and it's totally fine. And that's, again, I talked to my husband about this because I had so much anxiety about what if I get postpartum depression? You know, what if I feel sad? And his attitude was super practical and he would always say, okay, Sid, if you get postpartum depression, we'll deal with it. It's probably not going to happen, but if it does, it's going to be fine. And yeah, he's very pragmatic. Um, But it's true, you know, it wouldn't be the end of the world if you do, because tons of people deal with that and they get through it with the right support and that's totally fine. But no, I didn't experience that. Um, You know, you do definitely experience some kind of hormonal crash in the weeks after giving birth just because your whole body is readjusting to not being pregnant again. So I definitely had some, you know crying days and I think they call this baby blues Mm. when it's right after the pregnancy Mm -hmm. um but no I didn't have anything lasting and I honestly feel like a big part of that is so much support that I had in my life from my husband my family my friends like everyone in my life was so amazing Mm -hmm. in helping us so I feel like any negative feelings of being overwhelmed or lost or tired or whatever I did experience it, but I always had so much help, um, which yeah. yeah, which made it much easier to deal with. And then you can think about you know a single mom doing it on her own. That has been my number one reflection after being pregnant, giving birth. I single moms shout out to all the single moms because you guys are insanely amazing. Because I kept thinking if I did not have the support I have right now. I mean, I'm sure I would do it. You got to do what you got to do. But I cannot imagine how hard it would be because, you know, the um, the thing everyone says about raising kids in general is it takes a village, mm-hmm. you know, and it really does. Like, it, it's hard to just do it by yourself. Like, you really need people to help you. Um, so, yeah, people who do it without support, you must be super, super tough. Super humans. Super, yeah, super woman. Because, yeah, especially, you know, we are expats living here. You have, you know, the privilege or the luck that your husband is, you know, Spanish. So half of your family, you know, live here. But me, for example, I won't have that. And, uh, you know, obviously it's it's obviously a struggle, you know, because when you have your parents, your grandparents, they want to help out. They want to take care of the kid and that helps out a lot. You know, often they will take care of Dominic and then you and... Um, Ale get to go on a date night, mm-hmm. which then helps you nourish your relationship with your husband, which I think obviously is also super important. Yeah. No, I mean, the biggest reason why I feel like me and my husband are able to still kind of have that alone time together, even if it's, of course, not as much as before, um, or even not together or do things separately with our friends, but with neither of us having to worry about childcare is because of family support, really. And it's such a, a blessing that his family is so involved, but not even, you know, okay, reluctantly yeah. doing it, or, oh, if it's really an emergency, okay. But, you know, his family is willing to help us so that we can have that balance and still get, you know, some nights together alone or whatever it may be. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super lucky that, first of all, his family's here. And second of all, they're so great um, yeah. and they help us so much. 
it's definitely been harder for me being, you know, living not in the same place as my family since having a kid, because you kind of realize, you know, those kinds of things, you can't have the same day to day help or connection or even just spending time with your family and, and your share, kid yeah share this moment of your life that is so beautiful with them yeah I mean I I do see my family a lot and my parents love traveling so they come here and I've been to Canada already with Dominic but yeah I feel like I never struggled that much with living far from my family I always kind of have in my adult life and I feel like we always really prioritize visiting each other and we always have an amazing time when when we do and we really make the most of those uh, moments but yeah I feel like since having a kid I've really been you know, more sad to be away from them. Um, sure. And anyway, that's yeah. one downside of being an expat. Yeah. But luckily, my parents love Spain, and hopefully they're going to spend increasing amounts of time here, here. in the future. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was just about to say. Hopefully they'll buy a house here anytime soon, and they yeah. can just come here, you know, whenever, and that will change for you. Yeah, I always tease my mom because I feel like when she calls me her first thing is about Dominic how's Dominic this Dominic blah blah and then after she's like okay are you fine (laughs) and she's like no I care about you equally and I'm like I know I'm just kidding um but yeah it's definitely I know super tough for my parents as well uh Dominic is their only grandchild at this Mm -hmm. time so yeah yeah, so Dominic is one years old. One, oh my god, yes. one year old. Um, and it, yeah, obviously, you know, there's been a lot of transitions, you know, from when he was a baby and, you know, all of that. Now, can you speak a little bit about how it was at first and, you know, maybe a little bit of the middle of it and how it is now as he's growing? Yes. So, well, the beginning baby phase is very demanding, uh, no matter what you do. (laughs) No matter the help you have, no matter how good your baby is, I have to say that Dominic has always been a very chill baby. Um, He's always slept relatively well. He's always eaten relatively well. But yeah, the first couple of months especially are are very demanding because your baby is basically dependent on you 100% for everything or or another person, whoever is there. But, you know, they're hungry all the time. Their stomachs are like the size of a cherry. Like they're literally tiny. So they have to eat on demand all the time, you know, every couple hours max. Um, their sleep schedule is super messed up, so they're kind of always sleeping, but then they always wake up at weird times. You know, they have to have their diapers changed all the time, so it's just very demanding. But it's also very special. Like, I feel like those first couple months have this sort of magic, even though you're super tired and, you know, you're very exhausted and you are learning so many things and it's very overwhelming you're still in this kind of like surreal magical mood of like wow this is my baby especially the first one I think because it's just like you're in awe of this creation um and yeah so I took the first I'm a freelancer like I said so I had the first two months fully off work um so I didn't have to worry about that luckily 
Um, and a lot of people, because freelance in Spain, at least, you get four months off for maternity leave. Um, but you can do this secondary option where you have two months fully off and then you have four months part-time instead of... So it's longer, but it's mm-hmm. part-time. And I talked to people thinking when I want to go back to work. And a lot of people had told me, you know, you're not going to want to go back to work. You're going to want to have as much time off as possible. I have to admit that after three months with a newborn, I was ready to do something else. Um Which, yeah, I mean, everyone's different. But for me, as much as I loved this, like, new role as a mom and was super happy and consumed with that, it is very demanding and it's mentally demanding because I'm used to working my mind and, you know, working full time and learning new things. And all of a sudden you're just taking care of a baby and not that much else, you know? So you don't feel mentally challenged in the same way as you might usually with your work or your day-to-day life, you know? So after, yeah, three months, I was ready to go back part-time to work, which I did, and that went super well. And that was also a great balance, because then I was working part-time for the next four months. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was when he was from, like, age three months to seven months, more or less. And I was doing part-time, yeah, which was a really good balance for me, because I feel like I wasn't fully ready to, like leave him all day with a nanny or my mom or anyone, but I still wanted to work and I wanted to start kind of seeing what my life would look like as a mom with a kid, but also working, you know? Um, So that was a really great balance for me because I got the best of both worlds there. And, you know, and then they grow so fast. Like everyone will tell you when you have a newborn, enjoy these moments because they're so short and you know, they're going to be over before you know it. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, how could it be so short? Like, look at this (laughs) tiny baby. It's literally like nothing. It's not going to be that short. Like, he has to grow so much. But it's true because every couple weeks, every month, they're bigger. They're doing new things. It's mind-blowing how fast a baby grows. And everyone knows that. But when it happens before your eyes, it's like what? Like one day they're doing something that yesterday they didn't know how to do or they couldn't do, you know? But it's also special because, yeah, the first few months they can't do that much. They're not very interactive. But once you get past month three, four, and in this middle period I was talking about, you know, they start smiling at you, laughing, you know, their vision improves so they can see stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you just really deepen that connection with your baby and then also they start sleeping more and they start sleeping at more normal hours hopefully Dominic did I know there's people that doesn't happen for but it did for me so also you get a little bit more of your bearings back in like a quote-unquote normal life you know Mm -hmm. like oh I'm not up three or four times a night now I may be up one time per night so life starts looking a little bit more normal um And yeah, I mean, after that, I went back to work full time this summer. I was in Canada for two months, still kind of working part time. And as of the fall until now, I'm back full time. Mm -hmm. Um, Dominic is yeah now one. Mm -hmm. So he's huge. You know, now he's like massive. He's truly massive. Like he's abnormally large. Um, (laughs) Well, let's not forget that you and your husband are both extremely tall. I know. I mean, it makes sense, but... I'm not kidding. Whenever I go to the pediatrician and you know how the Spanish are with their opinions, they do not hold back. But I literally walk into the pediatrician and she's like, what? 
like, whoa, he's so big. I can't believe it. He's so, and I'm like, okay, I know. Um, but yeah, so he's, you know, he almost looks like you, you know, he looks like a child now. He doesn't yeah. even look like a baby. Um, totally. and he's crawling around and playing and laughing and oh, pointing and saying a few words. And, you know, like, I can't believe how the fast or how fast the last year has gone by. Um, but yeah. And so I've been kind of like, I feel like from fall onwards felt more settled into like my new life quote-unquote as a mom Mm -hmm. because I have my full-time schedule back um you know now we have our Dominic schedule he's going to daycare so we kind of have everything arranged and Mm -hmm. I feel like my life now sort of looks similar to how it did before but just with some new uh facets to it of course yeah I think it's just it's just been so amazing to watch because now I can obviously you know everything has taken a little bit of a, a, a bit of time like you said the transition but now here you are you know mm-hmm. basically you kind of have the same life that you had before except you have this amazing child that you're gonna watch grow and it's gonna be so you know obviously amazing yeah to experience and it yeah, to have, and, you know, every time I think about Dominic, every time you say his name, I, I like, my heart's <laughs> melting inside, it's just like, oh my god, I can't even imagine what it's like for you, because obviously it's your own child, but for me as well, and he's basically the only child that I've ever watched grow from baby until one so far, and hopefully... Yeah. You know, maybe one day he's going to be a guest in the podcast. Oh my god, yes. Because he's going to be trilingual, if not more. Oh my god. Spanish, Catalan. And English. English. And let's see what else. And let's see what else, yeah. What languages does Ale speak? So, well, Ale is native in Spanish and Catalan. Mm -hmm. um, But he is extremely fluent in English. Like, he knows... Maybe more English than me sometimes. He knows a lot of advanced vocabulary. Oh, and man. he speaks French as well. Okay, yeah. I was thinking if it was French or German. Because I feel like Europeans, they always go abroad to study somewhere and then learn a new language. Yeah, he learned French mm. uh, when he was studying abroad. So, yes. Europeans, that's how they do. <laughs> they just so casually amazing. travel and learn languages. Okay, so actually, Sid, I... Like, you're one of the reasons why I moved to Barcelona. Well, basically, I was speaking about this before, that Maureen was telling me, I want to move to Barcelona when we were in Mexico. And that's where you and I met Mm -hmm. in Mexico through Maureen, through this friend who was saying that she was going to move to Barcelona. And Sid was also moving to Barcelona. You moved here first. And then I moved here right after and that's how we've been able to develop such an amazing friendship because we've lived in the same city now for over, I mean, it's been four and a half years for me, so I guess. Yeah, almost five years. It's going to be five. It's going to be five this years summer. For you, right? Yeah. And yeah, I wonder if you would, you, if you wouldn't have moved here, if I would have moved here myself. Because wow. I think, yeah, because I think you made that connection. And, you know, I mean, obviously, Maureen mentioned it. And it wasn't even my idea. It was her idea. And then you were also thinking about it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, looks like I'm also going there. 
Yeah, that's so crazy to think about. Best decision ever. And also that we spent so much time together when you first arrived because you stayed at my place with um, with Dina for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. And yeah, that actually feels like another lifetime. lifetime. It's crazy. Yeah, I actually really. just found photos about of that time today. Oh really? And I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and then also Sid, uh, you adopted your dog Ur a few months after I had arrived, maybe a month or it was very soon after. And then I had come here and I wanted to adopt a dog and I told you and then you were going through that experience. Yeah. And then I watched it happen for you, and then I was like, okay, I'm ready to adopt a dog. And then you and I went to the shelter, we were looking at the dogs, and then you saw Nala first, and you pointed at her, and you were like, come here, look at this dog, she's so cute. (laughs) And then I looked, and I was like, oh my god, I'm in love. I fell in love with her immediately. I know, it's true. I should get the credit for picking Raph's dog. Absolutely, no, you absolutely I was like, this dog... Is a good one. <laughs> this one. And honestly, like sometimes I hug Nala and the love that I have for her is, I, I just, I just love her so much. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, think about it. Think about everything that you've been through since you adopted her. Yeah. And it's just so amazing to have these constants in your life and pets mm-hmm. can totally be that as well. It's, it's just crazy and you know it's hilarious because when I became a dog mom I kind of went through the experience of um, what is it called again the uh, postpartum depression <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's called that because you had too many responsibilities because, yeah exactly then I was like oh my god I've given up my life now now I have to take care of a dog okay but to be fair at that time you lived so far oh, away like it wouldn't have been that bad if you had lived central but nice. yeah Raph lived like in the north of the city and like up the side of a mountain <laughs> It was so steep. I remember feeling like I got a workout every time I went to her house. So, yeah, and you obviously had just moved to Barcelona at that time, and you were partying and enjoying the city. So the worst thing ever was because of your new... dog in a mountain somewhere that I needed to go for a walk when all my friends lived downtown, and all I wanted to do was be downtown. Yes. No, it it was very interesting, but I think... And that's why I always thought, oh, oh, then I think for sure it's going to happen when I have a kid because I need so much of my independence. Mm -hmm. And then once that happened and I saw that, I had to think about it. Anyways, it was, I think it was a really good experience for me to have. And then sometimes I think back and I I can't believe that I had that experience because of how much I love Nana and she means so much to me and now I can never think about being that place again Yeah. of you know feeling resentment towards her whatsoever I just love her so much it's just like oh my god this dog is (laughs) she is truly the sweetest but I do think you know how everyone says that couples should have a dog before they have a baby because it's like the training step of having that kind of smaller responsibility but you still have a lot of responsibilities with the dog 
Um, so, you know, we both did that. I did yeah. that, and you have done that now. <laughs> and we always joke because... At the beginning, Hilmar was not that sure about Nala, mm-hmm. and he was always complaining about how you had to go walk her and everything, and now mm-hmm. Nala is in love with Hilmar, and Hilmar is in love with Nala, and Literally. it's like his best friend. And she loves him more than she loves me, which I have completely accepted, but it's fine. <laughs> no, it truly is fine, but you know, she... I take her for boring walks. He takes her for fun walks. And then sometimes we take her for walks that are amazing together. But, you know, he likes to throw the ball and do all these things. So, And I think also female dogs are more attached to the male energy and vice versa. Your dog is a male dog, mm-hmm. so he's more attached to you. Yeah, although, I don't know, I mean, he is more attached to me because I think he sees me as the boss of the family, (laughs) which I am, Um, but... So you're saying, I'm not the boss of my... (laughs) I'm not too sure, I'm not too sure, Um, but I definitely am in my family, Um, and I was the one that when we adopted him, I was... I work from home, so I was at home a lot, and I was doing his training, so I feel like he identified me as, like, the boss. But it's true that Ali takes him on way more fun walks than me, because I'm always, like, busy in the middle of the day walking him, doing a million things. But I feel like Ali, like, wakes up early, like, takes him on a super long walk, like, off leash, like, Mm -hmm. doing games, or, like, getting up early to do a hike with him, and this kind of stuff. So he probably thinks that he's more fun than me. Exactly, yeah. But that's the thing, you know? Like, Hilmar will also do the same, like, go for runs with her and stuff, but... Yeah, um, anyways, amazing doggy moms that we are. Talking about motherhood of babies and of dogs. <laughs> Honestly, that's just life. That's just the joy of life. Do you have any advice for somebody that wants to become a mother? <clears throat> or <laughs> is you know, maybe pregnant right now or has just had a baby. If you have any advice on this topic, I feel like you've already shared a lot, but, you know, maybe a little nugget that you have that you would want to share. Yes, I knew you were going to ask me this question and I was thinking about it because, yeah, I was trying to think (laughs) of something good. Um, But no, I mean, the best advice I can give is actually advice that my mom gave me, which is, honestly, everyone will experience pregnancy and motherhood so, so differently. And you really just have to go with your instincts and what feels right to you. And that feels super cheesy, but it's true. Like how I went through it and what I did, how I organized my life, what I do now, like that's what aligns with me. Like we were talking about before, it always felt, or one of my biggest goals was always I want to have motherhood not become my whole identity. Like, of course, it's probably the most important part of my identity, but I want to maintain everything else that I'm passionate about, like my friends, my relationship, my community, my career. So uh, balance was a huge goal for me, and that's what made me feel good. But I feel like there's people that they want to just dive into motherhood and have that be their thing. And if that's what feels good to you, you should do that, you know? So whatever aligns and feels the best for you, I feel like no matter what, because people, let me tell you, have a lot of opinions when you have a kid or when you're pregnant, you need to cut out that noise and just do what you feel is right. 
Um, and that's what my mom told me to do. That's what I'm doing. I think it's gone well for me so far. And it's the same with the pregnancy. I mean, really, it's the same in life in general. Um, but I think you just, yeah, you really need to kind of reflect deeply on what you want your life to look like, you know, how you want to experience your pregnancy, and then just try to stay true to that as much as you can. And then the other only thing that I'll say is, like, being pregnant and having a young baby is is super intense. Like, you know, whether or not I'm making it seem that way right now or not, it is. So I feel like all new moms or pregnant women have these moments of feeling low or overwhelmed or, you know, like that, oh, I'm the only one that's feeling so anxious or like everyone who's pregnant seems like they're totally fine and I feel awful or like, why am I, you know, having postpartum depression and feeling low or whatever. But Honestly, every single person who gets pregnant and has a baby goes through these like ups and downs, you know, and I feel like you just have to know no matter how you feel that you will get out of it. Like it's just a moment in time, you know, so you just have to persevere, lean into the support you have around you and you will look back on it and be like, wow, I can't believe I felt that way in the past, but now I feel so much better. Wow, I'm taking notes right now. <laughs> do, 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 do. Amazing. Oh my god. Oh. I think this was great. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. I'm so happy I was able to come on the pod finally. I've been and listening to all your episodes up till now. Yeah. Oh my god. And now you're going to listen to your own. Oh my god. I'm Watch. probably going to be embarrassed. <laughs> Watch listening to your own voice is trippy. Yeah, I already know. But no, I'm super glad I got to come on the podcast and you and know how Sid- much I love you. Yes, Sydney's gonna you're gonna start a podcast soon and we're actually recording on her mic. Yes. Yes, I'm actually cooking up my own podcast idea. Um so yeah, stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. I will share all about it. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and you know it's just been so nice talking to you, Sydney, my best friend, and I love you so much. And I love I just you so much. I <laughs> wanted to, you know, have a conversation with you here on the pod, and I think it's been amazing. Thank you so much for everyone listening. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank Goodbye. you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye bye.